Anybody like surprises? Uh, I was waiting on somebody to say, depends on what kind of surprise. Well, then we would get, we could jump off on the whole tangent of what defines a good surprise, what defines a bad surprise, all of those things. But I think most of us, for the most part, well, let me rephrase this. I think me, for the most part, I don't like surprises. I like to kind of know what's going to happen, what to expect. And I know it's hypocritical of me, but the other side of that is I enjoy surprising people. Um, I, I'm reminded, and I can't remember if it was my 17th or 18th birthday, but I hate surprises so much that I convinced my best friend to tell me that they were planning a surprise birthday party for me. And then to show that I enjoy surprising people, we parked the car down the street, we climbed in through my bedroom window, and we came down the hallway, walked in behind everyone, and said, surprise! That's right, surprise! I, don't, I just, surprises are not my favorite thing in the world. It may be one of the reasons that horror movies are not my favorites, because of all the jump scares and the, the surprises in them. I, it's just not my favorite. And as I start thinking about surprises, I've, I've got another question that I want to ask. Has anybody ever been surprised by God? Okay, this is yes, this is no. Like, y'all are all just staring at me like, well, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I don't necessarily have an answer for you, but have you ever been surprised by God where, where you were like, okay, God, I know where you're going to show up, I know what you're going to do, and all of a sudden, sometimes it's those pleasant surprises where you're like, ooh, God, you showed up in a real way. Maybe it's, it's like when we had that back-to-school event in the gym, and we said, ah, we may have... 20 folks show up, and then 120 folks later, we were like, ooh, God, look at you showing up. But it also may be those moments where God shows up and surprises you in a way that you didn't expect that is not so pleasant for you. Where, where, where God says, hey, I know the path that you had drawn up, but we may need a little bit of a detour. Hey, I know what your will and your way is, but let's not lose sight that, that I'm God. I'm in control. And as we think about these surprises of God and how, how God shows up and surprises us in real and tangible ways, I want you to listen to these familiar verses from Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, and, and listen for the surprise. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left, and then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed 
by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? When did we see you a stranger or needing clothes? When did we see you sick or in prison? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And then he will look to those on his left and he'll say, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And why? Because I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and you didn't visit. I was in prison. You did not look after me. And they respond, Lord, when did we see you this way? And not. And he tells them the same thing. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Did you hear the surprise? Did you catch it? Because the surprise for both the sheep and the goats is the same. The surprise is not the the blessing or the punishment. The surprise is, Lord, when did we see you that way? We didn't even know that was going on. The surprise is that Christ is present with the least and the lost. Neither one of the groups argues about their action or inaction. But their their argument becomes this. Wait a minute, God, we didn't know. If we'd have known that that you were present there, then absolutely we would have done that. If we would have known, then absolutely we would have cared for them. Both are shocked to hear that Jesus is in the least and the lost. Jesus is with those that have been disenfranchised and marginalized. And I think they're shocked because, I mean, even in our text here, it all begins with what? Jesus on the throne in power and might. And, and, they're, and they're surprised because, I mean, let's just be honest, we all know as we're going to get ready to celebrate Advent starting next week and talk about the coming of Christ, that, that when they expected the Messiah to come, They said, oh, surely he's going to come to Athens or Rome and he's going to take this place of power and might in our society. He's going to rule with a military and political power. He's going to overthrow everything that has been until Jesus says, 
surprise, I'm going to come as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. I'm not going to rule from a throne, but from a place of love and mercy. I'm not going to come and be in this wonderful castle, but I'm coming to create a kingdom here and now that you cannot comprehend. And, and imagine their shock because they expected a king as they understood it. And they got a king like none they had ever seen before. And, and we shouldn't be surprised by, by the fact that Jesus does this. I mean, even in Philippians 2, it talks about the fact that Jesus, if anyone ever had the ability to think higher of themselves, it should be Jesus. Christ, Jesus is God incarnate, and so he should be able to, but he didn't think higher of himself. It says actually he humbled himself and came in human form. Yet again, surprise. He didn't come in power, but in vulnerability. Surprise. He didn't enter in and say, I'm going to have earthly might, but I'm going to enter in to worldly brokenness. Surprise. Those people that want me to sit on the judgment seat, I'm going to extend mercy to them. Surprise. Those people that I should, because the world tells me hate, I'm going to extend grace and forgiveness. Surprise. Over and over throughout Scripture, I think it's a beautiful representation when you look at the church calendar that we end on Christ the King Sunday, and then when we start in Advent, guess what? It's full of surprises. Over and over again. And it reminds us, over and over again, when we think we have Christ figured out, when we think we have Him boxed in, what does He do? Surprise. And what happens in our text this morning is that there are people both trying to serve and honor God. And one group is just going about their lives because they have humbly submitted to the call of Christ to go and to love God and neighbor, to care for the least and the lost. And so when God says, hey, you did this for me, you did this to me, what is their response? Wait a minute, when? Because we were just doing what you, as our Lord and our King, told us to do. To care for your people. To welcome them in. To visit them. To help. To extend hope. Mercy. Grace. And love. And then there's that other group. And what is their response? Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Had we knew this was you, we absolutely would have helped them. And so what has happened is that they have lost the ability to see Christ in each and every one of God's people. 
They have lost the ability to understand that, that Jesus isn't just with the powerful and the mighty, but Jesus is present in and through the least and the lost. And they said, well, wait a minute. Had we known you were there, we'd have shown up. And then the question becomes, well, why would you have shown up? Because you were trying to check it off of a list? Because you were trying to present in a manner? Or because you knew it was what you were called and created to do. And as Jesus continues to unpack all of this for them, I can't help but wonder in our own lives, where are those places where we have said, yeah, God's not really there. I shared it um, at Independence this morning. You may be like me, and I'm just, this is just confession time, because confession is good for the soul, as they say. But you may be like me, and you get off on I-55 right there at Lakeland at St. Dominic's, and you all all know this exit that I'm talking about, and you turn up your radio and you hope that you don't, have, that you don't make eye contact with the person asking for your help right there at the exit. Y'all, I see some heads nodding. Y'all are like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Or you, or you ride through a neighborhood where you go, oh, they're, they're not as well off as I am, and so what do you do? Let's just lock that door, hope that they don't get to us. And you see people hurting, you see people broken, and you say, eh, not my problem. God, I'll glorify you, but that's not my problem. And God says, yes, it is, because guess what I created you to do? To care for everyone, including the least and the lost. But somehow, we've become bouncers to the throne room of God. You got to look this way. You gotta, you gotta have yourself put together. You gotta have it all figured out. If you got a prison record, heaven forbid you're not welcome here. You gotta, all of these things, you gotta check off all of the boxes. And if you don't, we somehow feel like we're supposed to stand between God and them. But what we see in our text this morning is we're not called to be bouncers. We're called to be doormen and women that just say, come on in, enter into the throne room of God and let him figure it out in his love, his grace, and his mercy. Because his will is better than ours. It's greater than ours. But too often we try to dissect, we try to separate, we try to segregate what group is welcome and what group is not welcome in the throne room. And Jesus says, come unto me, all of you, and I'll figure it out. Did you notice that even in the text, even the sheep and the goats are all in the throne room? Jesus says, come on, let's figure it out. And what we're reminded of this morning is this. That too often we get caught up in trying to live a life so that when eternity comes, we get to go to heaven. I mean, that's how I was brought up. 
That you, you try to live a life that when you find yourself at St. Peter, Peter at the gates, that he can look at you and go, check, check, check. Come on in. That was the way I was kind of brought up. But what Jesus is pointing to uh, in the here and now is this. That it's about what you do here. Because as we pray every Sunday, where our prayer is that God's kingdom will come and be present here. I've, I've shared this before. That, that too often we look at it and we go, heaven, hell, okay, that's an eternity thing. But the reality is, is there are people because they have not encountered the love of Christ, because nobody has opened the door and said, let me introduce you to my King and my Lord, that are living in hell on earth, because they don't know of the love of Christ in their own lives. The, the reality is, is the kingdom of God is not something that is an eternal thing. While it is that, it's also something that is here and now, and it is our job to usher it in, that people may know it. Christ the King, or the reign of Christ, whatever you want to call this Sunday, is about so much more than acknowledging Jesus Christ as King. I think we can all go, yeah, Christ is King, wonderful. But it's about living that out. And saying Christ is my king is a call to submit to God's will. And as we've already talked about, here's the, th the funny thing about it. Sometimes God's will will surprise you. If you're willing to truly listen and follow. But I think so many of us have found ourselves going, yep, I know God's will because I already understand it, and God is just, this is what it is. And we put ourselves on the throne and say, this is the will of God when it's really our will, and all of a sudden God's going, hey, off-ramp, and we're going, nope, keep going. Hey, off-ramp, nope, keep going. And sometimes what has to happen is we have to remove ourselves from the throne of our lives so that God can take his rightful place on the throne. Because here's the thing that happens when you submit to God's will and when you're willing to listen for God's voice and guidance in your daily life, you will be surprised. I asked you at the very beginning of this, have you ever been surprised by God? And if your answer was, ah, not really, then I would start to question. I would start to question. Because God is in the business of surprising us. God is in the business of disturbing us. God is in the business of changing our lives and of bringing about His kingdom in the here and the now. How we live matters. Not just what we believe, how we live matters. And it matters not just for our own well-being, but for others as well. And I could start giving you ideas as to what this looks like. It may be that, you, that God is calling you as you look around forest 
as you look around your community, God may be saying, you see the hungry, feed them. That may be that, that God's calling you to, to start a food pantry. That may be that God's calling you to participate in a food pantry. I don't know. It, it may be that as you drive around, and especially over this past hot summer that we really had, and you see those people that are walking by, that you just stop and offer a drink. It may be that God's saying, open a clothing closet because you've got more clothes than you could ever wear. You've got stuff in your closet that still has tags on it. Maybe you need to donate that to somebody that doesn't have something to wear. It may be that Christ is saying, go and visit those that are in prison. Go and care for those shut-ins in our community. And don't do it to check off a list. But do it because you are seeking to glorify and honor me. Do it because you know that I am present in and with even the least and the lost. Even those that you have pushed aside in your society, God is going, I am present with them. I care for them. They are my people. Because God calls and created each and every one of us to glorify, honor, and serve Him. So how do we do that? I don't have the answer. I don't have an answer for you. Because what it looks like for Deanna to do it, what it looks like for Ian to do it, what it looks like for Alan to do it, may be different for each and every one of us. But what we cannot deny in our text this morning is if we are proclaiming Christ as our King, we are called to throw open the throne room, to welcome in and to seek to share the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ that all may encounter Him. I'm going to close with a story that I saw on TikTok because I'm still a firm believer that my phone listens to me. And so I was talking to my wife about my sermon, and the next thing I know, this shows up on my phone. Because that's how it works. But there was this story that I came across, and I can't remember where the church was located, but they had decided that one Sunday morning, they were going to meet outside of their church walls. Which doesn't sound very advantageous. I mean, we hear about that a lot, where churches say, hey, we're going to do a sunrise service or whatever. But what they decided to do was that they were going to go have their worship service next to the local jail. And they spoke to the warden, and they asked that those prisoners could come out into the yard and attend worship with them. I wish that I could go, hey, I'm not creative, but I'm not. I'm ashamed that I'm not. That that idea hasn't been one that, for, me, for whatever reason, has just penetrated all of our churches because it's very laid out here as what we're called to do. And sometimes I think we overthink it. But sometimes it's just as basic as taking Jesus to the streets, sharing and living out your faith. It's just as basic as saying, God has blessed me, so let me bless you. It's just as basic as going, God extended grace to me, so let me extend grace to you. 
God showed me love when I was unlovable, so let me love you. God welcomed me in whenever I didn't deserve it, so let me welcome you in, even though you may not deserve it, quote unquote. The call of Christ the King Sunday is not to proclaim Christ as our King, but to live out the call that our King has placed on our lives. And in case you've missed it, it's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. God is full of surprises, and I hope He surprises us. Amen.